Dialogue is brilliant and dance is brilliant, but the second that you put them together, it yeah, just kind yeah, of creates it something. A, it becomes its own art form, I guess. It's not dance, it's not poetry. Definitely. Poor dance. Welcome to the final episode of MIF Originals. Five artists developing work for Manchester International Festival have been given a blank audio canvas to fill. A chance to try something new with the podcast form. Yep. This episode explores if and how poetry and dance can combine to create something original. My name is Isaiah Hull and I've been your host for this podcast series. I was also one of four poets that co-wrote the production Alphabus. We worked with three dancers from the New York company Flexin and three amazing dancers from Manchester to create a new show for MIF 19. So in this final episode, I wanted to break down some of the processes that we used and question if we were successful at creating something truly original. To give you a bit of background, Alphabus is basically a story about rebellion, about patriarchy, about censorship and a young man who overthrows his father and the repercussions that his like colony has to deal with. As part of the storytelling, the dancer's role was like to be the body to the voice. So we split characters into a poet and a dancer. And it was almost as if the poet had a spirit animal and it was a really cool thing to have. It felt like we had weapons. What I found hard was the amount of miscommunication that happened. Often, working with other poets, there's a guaranteed amount of miscommunication that will happen between ideas if we're jumping off each other's lines. There's space for miscommunication that also breeds like a beautiful moment. So. When I say miscommunication, it's not a negative. I mean the potential energy in interpretation brought out so much more with the fact that it was a physical body that we had to translate meaning with. So I've asked for some help with this one from a dancer and a fellow writer from the show. In a moment, you'll hear the voice of Yandis, one of the best dancers in Manchester hands down just a fact just one of the just one of the best and just one of the most passionate people I know the poems in this episode are about nothing in particular they were written under the influence of Yandis's movement on recording but first here's one of my co-writers the brilliant poet Billy Meredith OT representative talking about her practice I'm a narrative poet, so I will tell a story, whether it's an evening at a bus stop, which then has a huge meaning. So it's very candid, very down-to-earth. All poets have a different voice. Poets go through changes. They can be abstract. There's poets who speak a lot on nature and use those um, as metaphors. So I think coming together 
to have all these different voices create an ensemble piece was a really exciting time to kind of see what all these different voices could do. When we sat down to write together, usually the first thing that is done is creating a word bank. So if we are writing a piece which is mourning in terms of they are grieving over something, then you would write down in a minute as many words as you can associate with grieving, with death. And then from that, you then do an exercise where you use as many of those words as possible. And that's kind of the first way to purge all these ideas and words out of you. From there, we then edit. So we think, what do we want to evoke? Do we want our audience to be saddened? Do we want them to feel hopeful? Do we want them to be reflective? And it's going through each of our free rights and each of all the words that we have written and being more particular and making sure that the words that we're using have meaning. Any line that doesn't emote something or doesn't explain something is cut. Poets also write in completely different form. Me, myself, like I said, I write very narratively, so there isn't strictly form. A lot of it is prose, which means that it's just a series of sentences. There's other poets who write very free form, and it's a lot of abstract words kind of woven in and out of one another. Other poets write very clearly in stanzas, so sets of four, sets of eight. They have very specific rhyming styles. So I think... The easiest way that we managed to merge these was sometimes using a poem or words from one poet and then applying a different form to it. So if one poet wrote very abstract, we would then apply a structure to it. So you would apply stanzas and certain rhymes, but to otherwise very free-flowing words. And I think it creates a really interesting blend and then everyone's represented as well. So there's a lot of neat tricks and things that you can do behind the scenes which make sure that you get the reaction that you want out of your audience. I wish ghosts on myself for company in the future. So what? I'm angry. When hers arrived, I didn't wipe them thinking I could write about this. I was tired, illustrated, simplifying a Sinatra. You won't hear the end of this. Word in the air, abysmal. Noatia, a symbol. The way growing up is single. Mine did diamond from oil the temple. Scarecrow large, tinfoil offended. Please, no testing. My water is dicey. Sunrise and midnightly. Ash on a bad omen makes me rich in the eye of a witch. I love being last. I go jag in the fold. Layakun goes, sculpt me a blast. Culture is fast. How's it going so far? It's sulfuric acid. The genie in me doesn't tease me with three. Give me something to throw if the audience is mean.
Next, let's hear from Yandas. Currently, my preferred style is um, Afro dance, uh, contemporary and hip-hop. And I find that with each commission or sort of piece that I have to create, I've got different approaches depending on what I have first. Sometimes the music comes first or sometimes the idea comes first or sometimes it's just, yeah, do you want to express a certain thing in a, in a specific way? So then with text, the number one rule from um, the Deviate company and stuff they say you can't show what you're hearing. So if I'm working with text, I don't want to be too specific on like, this is a gun, so then I'll showcase a gun with my hands or like, but I, I want to show a little bit more of what is the gun doing or the thing that's just happened before, the thing that's just happened after or the feeling that the person in front of the gun has or the person holding the gun. So, so I want to look at a little bit more of what isn't said in the text. And sometimes it does end up being a, a little bit more animated and very specific, but that works when you've consciously chose it to be like that. And I find that um, when I'm freestyling, I sort of hold on to a word or hold on to a sentence, and I'm like, OK, cool, the sentence is making me think of this, so I'll express that for a bit until I hear another word or until I, I hear another sentence. I'm like, cool, now I want to express this because this has got the best visuals to sort of show and sometimes I do it more structurally so I sort of create a word bank or a certain movement that an audience would have associated with a word specifically so then I sort of repeat that later and the audience can be like oh cool that's that's that um sort of works in like the musical theater reprise when you hear a specific song at the beginning and then when you hear it after with a bit more crescendo or something and you're like okay cool this reminds me of that thing and it I guess a very good tool, especially in, in storytelling. Audiences are never going to be able to fully understand exactly what you're saying because it's, it's movement and that, that can be received in a different way. Like someone waving their hand could be perceived as, as a wave or could be perceived as a surrender or could be. So it depends on what the audience feels. And the text helps, obviously, <laughs> but yeah. The point was not particular, my voice is more vehicular, it draws you into Dracula, or nausea vernacular, the umpire shouts vampire. The way I'd say the hate for late, Tarantino, Tarantula, the pain was not a paint thinner, my veins are unavailable, the way a wolf aware is not aware, is not for wear, a loss of hair, velociraptor, on the rare occasion, I fell down the staircase like a dictionary. Does. Here's a breakdown of a section of the show that demonstrates how dialogue and dance work together. So this is one of the dialogue scenes in the play and it's between Alphabus, who's our main character, and his confidant and best friend Epsilon. And at this point in the story, Alphabus has discovered that there are new words that have been hidden from him and his tribe. And it's him kind of confused and disorientated, trying to explain to her that she's been lied to and everything that they know is not true. I played Epsilon's voice and Isaiah Hall played Alphabus's voice. And then we had Yandas, who was Epsilon's body, and an American dancer called Slick, who was Alphabus's body. One character would be represented by two people, one the voice and one the dance. Are you okay? You look 
different. The ceremony tomorrow, come on, get some sleep. It's not, it's not the same, it isn't. What is this? That's not your dictus. Something else. Yeah. Where'd you find it? Something old, it found me. Okay. What do you mean, it found you? I mean, it found me. Have you opened it? Mia's Epsilon's voice says, have you opened it? And that was a moment together for the voice to have some movement. So it's mm. a very simple, like, type of tutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a dance style which uses hands gesture, and 90 degree gestural. angles, gestural yeah, yeah. dance. And it was one move, but within that line, both the body and the voice emit the exact same move. So there's that sync. You fool, it could be dangerous. It's beautiful, you have to see this for yourself. I don't know what that book is, Alphabus. Or where it's from, but I don't want anything to do with it. The fall, it could be dangerous. It wasn't so much of um, the body trying to say what the voice was saying, but it was more of trying to show the connection that it could be dangerous to the community, which we then kind of sort of find out later. So we wanted to sort of head a really big mo movement moment, which was the sort of thud onto the floor, down. We should tell Lexicon. No, please, please, he lies. This, this is called the Omegas. It tells the truth, the whole truth. What has happened to you, old friend? The blood, the bark, the heralds and the hearts. No, Alphabus. Stay here, I'll get help. And then toward the end of the scene, as it's kind of divulging into chaos and they're confused and Epsilon's trying to get an answer out of him, the bodies come together and do more duet pieces. So there was slight lifts and spins. So it's less about the voices and it was, you kind of just begin to watch the dancers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's sort of like when a boy and a girl, I guess, are trying to like hit it off and there's not, the, the words are no longer important, it's now the actions that are important, it's now the actions that take over, that's sort of almost the visual of what Epsilon's mind could have been going through. From what I remember out the corner of my eye, <laughs> it's a setup where Slick kind of came down to the floor and held Yandes and mm. she circled him. The energy at which they would do it, it always felt very like, she wind could, she, she could be wind tunneling off the yeah. stage just because the speed at which that they would move. And him breaking his bones because he literally had to turn his shoulders back to the front and all the way around. Yeah, it was a very powerful movement. I think there's loads of those in there, which again, dialogue is brilliant and dance is brilliant, but the second that you put them together, it yeah, just kind yeah, of creates something. A, a ultra, yeah, it becomes its own art form, I guess. It's not dance, it's not poetry. Definitely. I don't know if bringing together two art forms makes something original or if it just makes something married for a moment. In Alphabus, it felt like we're creating new ways of conveying a message to an audience through poetry and dance. I don't know if it made it new or original, but it did feel like that at times. I think dance and poetry haven't truly been married yet. Maybe there's just another level that I'm not seeing. I felt like we really reached it at times, and we nearly reached it. So like with the idea of like the bodies being spirit animals almost, and separating the two, like voice and body. But I think I don't necessarily agree that just by bringing two things together makes it original. There's more than that. I saw a poetry and dance show 
while I was making Alphabus. It's called Mothers. And one of the dancers from our show was in that one. So we went to see it, went to support. And it was amazing. It felt disciplined. It wasn't tailing off and it wasn't going too far. And it lent itself very well to the movement because the movement felt very similarly, like it had its own rules. Mothers created its own rules and stuck to them very well for the piece that it was. And there were things in that show, which was poetry and dance, that I thought, well, I didn't think of it in that way. There are different angles to attack this whole genre. And that inspired me in returning back to the rehearsals for Alphabus. So I do think that this hybrid, this marriage, momentary marriage of like two art forms can bring about new ways of conveying the same message that poetry can't achieve or that dance can't achieve or that they both can achieve but achieve better together. Thanks to Billy Meredith and Yandis for their thoughts and words. The music you heard was by Vicky Clark and Epic B. Epic, epic, epic. It was presented by me, Isaiah Hull, and produced by Rebecca Gaskell. It's a reduced listening and MIF production. That's it. Our final episode. Guys, I'm going to miss you. I'm really going to miss you. What do I do now? Where do I go? I hope you've enjoyed this series about originality and, you know, being different, stuff like that. All the stuff we've talked about, I hope you enjoy it. It's good to have these conversations, it's good to challenge your process, but sometimes it's even better to eliminate all of that and just become a true source for whatever inspires you. That's it, I'm out. <laughs>